Hey, everybody. Welcome to Behind the Bar. I'm your host, Danny Johnson, where I interview your favorite dry bar comedians. And uh, today I have the very funny Drew Barth, who has two specials. Um, one, it's it should have tried harder. And this one's called Try Too Hard. Did I get that right? Yes, that is correct. Yeah. And when was that? When was the first? First of all, thanks for joining. Oh, absolutely. Thank you. This is a very um, cool idea, by the way. Oh, thanks. 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 Uh, it's selfish for me that I just get to talk to comedians. You know, it's my favorite thing. So, well, and comedians hate talking about themselves. We all know that. And <laughs> talking about comedy is the least favorite thing comedians like doing. So, sure. Yeah. I guess. Right. It's really, it's really like pulling teeth. You know? <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> so, your first one I noticed was about the same length as mine because they used to be like 40 some odd minutes, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. and, and this one's a little bit shorter, but um, tell us a little bit of the difference between the two. I watched the, the second one recently. Very funny. Oh, thank you. Uh, yeah. The, I mean, the second one, they were very, um, I recorded it in, let's see, May of 21. So, it would have been pretty much like, part way through kind of the big glut of the pandemic of right. I mean, nobody really going out at all huh. and then it was just as like my second wave of vaccine was going to be hitting that everybody started feeling kind of being comfortable being around each other that's when my second one was going to be and so the only thing that i had really done leading up to that one were just zoom shows yeah so uh and as a result i really when i walked when i watched that second one when they sent me the rough cut of it as I was watching it, I was kind of like, oh, this is I, this is good. But at the same time, I could really see all the atrophy on me and how much I had just not been around live crowds and kind of going off of right, live people. reactions. Yeah, I was like, hey, he, if all of you people could all get into small boxes, that would be great. And if you'd all right. be sitting in your living room, that's kind of what I've been used to dealing with. But uh, so then when, as, as I was watching it, um, I said to my wife as we were kind of looking at it, and she's very frank and honest with me i was like i'm looking for a title for the second one she was like how about try too hard yeah and it just really it it really seemed to fit the tone for me i mean i still like it a lot and there are still a couple of stories and things in there and especially stuff about my accident that i was happy to get out but um the first one really felt like it was there's nothing i would change about it it really felt like exactly something that i whatever i do for the rest of my career i will feel very happy that that first one exists because that's I, yeah i don't know I, I feel really good about that one yeah because the so. your one of your opening jokes is you feel zoom presentable yes yeah right yeah and that makes sense yeah. for a lot of people because people lived on zoom for a year or more sure and everybody's i think everybody's standard personal standard of how they kind of looked and presented themselves maybe slid a little bit yeah for sure uh, Especially kind of when you couple that with people kind of changing their priorities on maybe I don't need to look fantastic all the time after being right. indoors for a year and a half. I'm still glad I'm just alive kind of thing. Maybe, yeah, that helped a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I'm going through this thing right now where like a lot of, I mean, we're past the pandemic, a good time now, but I, I did gain a bunch of weight. Mm. I do that throughout my life, gain and lose, gain and lose. And then I've recently lost like 22 pounds. But no one notices because they didn't see me. <laughs> no one saw me. So I'm like, hey, everybody, look at me. And they're like, what? It's the same. <laughs> the yo-yo was happening behind the door. So we couldn't really tell. We're just right. assuming. <laughs> I should have taken more selfies or something. <laughs> it's the vanishing ball trick that's all done behind a curtain. So one of my favorite jokes of yours that I had, I wish I had in my routine was the comparison of the fly strip <laughs> to McDonald's. 
Because I didn't, I mean, obviously, mm. um, you know, it's a, it's a comparison joke, but the the punchline about the, you know, it's like driving a, a, fly, a fly flying into a fly strip essentially is like, because you see a bunch of your buddies just dead there on the strip, is yeah. like driving around McDonald's seeing bodies lying around in the parking lot. Like, ah, I still, still kind of hungry. Still smells good, though. I think yeah. it would go quickly. Yeah, that uh, that joke was written way, way too out of personal experience. Right. Uh, we had a roommate that moved out of a house that I was living in, and he had been doing like this really big kind of vegetable kind of kick thing. And so he bought all these vegetables at the store. And then when he left, he'd taken pretty much all of them with him, except for like a big bag of sweet potatoes that had been like stuffed underneath and deep back in some cabinet. And so as a result, we started getting this ridiculous fruit fly problem. And just nothing that we did would work to the point where you like start kind of like hold the lighter up and then like a little bit of the, the hairspray and you would just start torching yeah. it through the air. I'm like, this isn't exactly, I don't think there's a made for, I've seen on TV ad that promotes this way of getting rid of flies. So maybe we should yeah. find the source. When you, you know, you burn through 40 minutes of material in your first special, when you go to prep for your second one, what's, you know, you may have already had that 20, 25 minutes. Maybe you didn't. What was the kind of prep for that, even though it was Zoom shows? Did you kind of try out new stuff or did you have it in the bag already? Yeah, I mean, I tried out some stuff. There was some stuff that I really had wanted to get to putting down on like a special at some point, And I knew it was pretty close to ready. It just needed a little bit of tinkering. It just needed kind of some segues to kind of find my way through. Uh, and then I wrote a couple things during the pandemic that I was just kind of excited about. And I feel like I performed them uh, it, it, just a small enough number of times where I was like, okay, that, that works. I just kind of yeah. got a little bit of a false sense of confidence about it. And there's some stuff I would go back and maybe I would kind of tinker with a little bit. But um, but then like stuff about my accident, I, I yeah. have written, I mean, when I was in the hospital, I turned to my wife and I was like, if I don't get 15 minutes out of this, this is going to be a waste yeah, I thought it's funny you say that because I thought about you and we'll talk about your accident in a second if you're OK sure. with that. Yeah, of course. I thought about you last night when I started to watch John Mulaney's new Netflix special. I don't know if you oh, know who John Mulaney no, is. I, yes, I love Mulaney. I haven't watched it yet. It, he talks about his stint in rehab and his divorce. Yeah. And I just thought to myself, this guy got a whole netflix special out of his rehab like and i said I'm, i said to myself i want to have it written down i wonder if you felt the same way about a, the accident that you had and we'll tell tell the listeners whoever's watching or listening or whatever uh what what happened to you i find uh, it sure uh yeah uh it was actually five years ago this year uh back in february of 2018 i was crossing the street down in south seattle uh leaving work going and crossing the street and in the crosswalk a guy in a pickup truck uh, was going around another car and didn't see me and hit me while going like 35 and then i uh, hit my knee my head hit the windshield and then i was thrown through the air like a good 30 feet or so and i had a uh, a co-worker because it was working in the building right there he's like i heard tire screech and then i just looked out the window and i saw your body flying through the air wow and then nobody knew that it was actually me until somebody tried to call my phone and figured it out um right why are you late yeah, exactly. What happened to Drew? Drew would think this was really amazing. Where is he, by the way? He's probably know. filming it somewhere. He's so. probably filming it somewhere. That backpack looks familiar. The, but so um, then, I like I that thinking, you said that he hit you towards the hospital, too. <laughs> Your body was thrown towards the hospital. 
that was the first joke that I wrote out of that whole thing. And I knew that it was going to be really important to find some way to get the audience to laugh because yeah. as I tried to kind of workshop this out a little bit, anytime I would start explaining exactly what had happened, it would create too much of a gulf with the audience where they would start to feel either so concerned about me or so much more locked into kind of what happened sure. to me that they weren't really going to be ready to hear any sort of joke or kind of wanting to do any weird play or anything with it. Yeah. I needed to do something that would feel pronounced enough to kind of give the people a reason really to start laughing. And I felt like from there, so that joke was important for me particular to land. Yeah. Especially with that kind of sensitive, you know, where people start that that are empathetic, you know, you see it when people do bits about beating cancer, overcoming a death Mm. in the family, something like that. You got to, hit him quick and I thought it was so great but so you had let me get you had the right away yeah yeah I was I was had the, the, the the guy you know the yeah the usually the guy on the sign is not hit uh that, that was I was doing what the guy on the sign does which is just go that way um and it, I mean the guy who hit me was um I, I think he also did some EMS training previously so he was actually able to help a little bit on the scene and he was able <laughs> I mean, and he was also like incredibly distraught and despondent over the whole thing. Like it really did seem to mess him up. Of now, I, I've never talked to the guy though. I've never had words with him at all. He was also homeless and pretty much living out of his car. He had no insurance. Oh, wow. Uh, and so as a result, it was one of those things where I was like, yeah, I had a lawyer reach out to me and was like, hey, you know, if you want, you could possibly get, there's really actually nothing you can get out of this because this guy already has multiple liens against his name. Yeah. And for me, it was just kind of feeling like I just want to get past this. I don't really care about money. I just want to get back to feeling like myself. Again. Yeah. So I don't, I don't like the statute of limitations on doing anything about this ran out. And it was to the point where I was like, I, yeah, I'm going to have to deal with this for the rest of my life. And I'll have medical bills that I'll have to be incurred because of this. But I, it's just, I don't, I want to put it all behind me. Uh, and my joke was that I have no memory of my accident, but I'm sure that this guy does remember it. Yeah. And as a result, I feel like that kind of puts us a little bit square. Do you, uh, so what is the last thing you remember crossing the street? No, I remember walking through, I was working at Cairo Radio and I was walking through the newsroom and I was leaving work a little bit early because my wife had burned her hand on a curling iron that morning. And she was just starting a sabbatical from work uh, to deal with kind of anxiety and depression. So then uh, that morning I get hit by a car. Wouldn't it be... A chuckle if that guy that hit you who had EMS training, his last thought before hitting you was, I really wish I had some more practice in EMS. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Apodec could fix this guy. This is this, right. this is how I get back in the program. Or he got really mad at himself and he's just really angry and he's driving. He's like, I'm homeless. I live in my car. I can't hold a job. What's next? Am I going to hit somebody? Gosh, darn it. <laughs> You know, this very that's a very enterprising kind of thing of like, you know, it's it's a good sort of uh, side hustle. It's like I'm going to provide care, medical care to people, even if I'm the cause of it. I'm going to provide instant care to it right right away. Oh, my gosh. That would be a, a funny sketch or, or in a sitcom where the, the cops get there or the, or the actual EMS get there. What happened? How did he hurt his leg? Well, I, I whacked him with a brick. How do, you, how do you think he hurt his leg? But I already started applying a cold compress, so we're good here. But yeah, <laughs> I love how you said you mentioned brain surgery. You had brain surgery. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You mentioned here's what I love about your phrase brain surgery. Everyone always throws emergency like brain surgery is something you schedule. 
<laughs> like if you need brain, if you need brain surgery, <laughs> you need it now. <laughs> you know what I mean? that's a good point i was like well next uh, i guess i could fit in the brain surgery for next thursday actually you know what i'm doing that i'm going to that play so right. maybe the next thursday after that no it's Pilates usually on friday i have <laughs> i actually got a i got a rundown from the hospital of all the things they did to me from a medical standpoint and i was looking at i was like man i'm glad i didn't have to sign off on all these because this yeah some of these are pretty intense looking you have a lot of family in the you're in the seattle area right yeah, yeah. I have a very tiny family, though. I mean, okay. I just, uh, my mom passed away a couple of years ago. It's my brother and uh, sister-in-law and nephews. And then my dad lives up on Whidbey Island. And then got okay. some sc- family scattered here and there. You know, uh, do you know, happen to know Kermit? I love Kermit. Yes. One of the, well, yes, truly one of my, one of my favorite people. And um, one of the people that if you ever hear Kermit talking smack about somebody they've really done something wrong because right. kermit loves everyone and everyone gets along well with kermit so if you've run a foul with him you've really done something wrong yeah i i had never met him before and i had him on my i remember him from back when i used to watch comedy back in the day star search a yeah. and e night at the improv sure so once i saw his dry bar i got him on the dry bar if people don't know who kermit, it's kermit apio apio i think mm-hmm. Um, and we got to talking and then the next thing you know, I think 20 minutes of our episode was talking about baseball and the Mariners and the Yankees. And Oh, I love baseball. Yeah. Yeah. He's a, <laughs> he's a huge baseball fan. He used to so, live like about three blocks away from where I live now. Oh, very nice. And he does yeah. Hawaiian, some, a little bit of Hawaiian music too on online. I see. Yeah. 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 And his kids just continue to get older and more athletically gifted. It's incredible. Yeah. They're all very talented. So is he. It's sickening. I know. I know. Save some for the rest of us. So, so you don't have a choice with medical procedures are done when you're in that state. You get hit by a car, they do whatever, and then you get a bill. Yeah, I yeah, and I did get a bill for $110,000. How does that uh, even work? I don't even understand that. You know, I don't really know either because I opened the envelope and I was just kind of like, I don't know. <laughs> this is going to be silly to frame. Uh, right. You might as well I, not send me it because the same thing is going to happen. Might as well said twelve jillion dollars. Right. That's that's probably as close. And, and so, I um, eventually it was kind of mysteriously taken care of. That's wow. one of those things that I don't ask questions about. But uh, good for you. Yeah, it kind of hung over me for a long period of time. Initially, I thought it was going to be covered by a homeowner's insurance kind of policy, but then because I wasn't living at home, and then. Mm. It, it was going to be in a sort of a very nebulous kind of gray area. And I think it may have been one of those things where the hospital just kind of ultimately eats the cost at some point. Wow. But um, it's a shame yeah. that any of us get a bill like that. You know, what I know that's that's the other thing. It's like for as much as I am kind of remiss about, you know, feeling like I kind of got away with something in a way, it also feels like it's like one hundred twenty thousand dollars. Like I, <laughs> this changed my life enough as it was. And yeah. I, I didn't really need the the giant financial pitfall that this would create at what point in your recovery did you start to kind of put little pieces together about what happened a day a couple days a week the first week or so that i was in the hospital is pretty fuzzy uh and i remember like kind of little bits and pieces along the way there yeah uh and as far as like kind of clarity overall about what happened i've only seen there was one piece of video Oh, um, there was one surveillance camera that was set up on the front door for Cairo Radio, and they had turned it recently because there had been like some sort of stalker that was coming after one of the personalities. But um, it, it was pointed so that it actually uh, you could see a little bit of me kind of going down the stairs, walking out of frame, and then you see my body kind of roll back into the frame. 
and the i only watched it once it was with our hr person who yeah. she was like okay um are you okay and i was like i might as well be another person i yeah i have zero connection or attachment or remembrance of that it's just it's probably for the best right mentally i think so like i I, i'm very glad that i don't remember any aspect of it and i'm actually really i'm really able to interact with a lot of things and not have any sort of triggering or traumatic stress disorder type things i'm i'm pretty good in cars i don't go very fast that's that's one thing that i will say yeah i'm i am speed limit all the way i am captain slow so yeah well yeah. it's a result one of my family members is was in a, a bad car wreck and had some trouble driving that same route again so for mm-hmm. you crossing the street any second guesses or no but it scares the bejesus out of my wife she, yeah um when I, when we'll go and be walking downtown and i'll go to cross the street i'll get get up to the crosswalk and kind of indicate i want to cross the street and then she'll stand like a good four feet back and wow yeah it's and i've asked her about it. she's like yeah it's that's because of you yeah and it was and it, honestly it was it was so hard because we'd only been together for you know a year and a half or married for a year and a half we've been together for like five years or so but yeah We've been very much tied to the hip, and that was the first time that we really had to kind of exist yeah. separate from each other. I guess better she stand back than push you forward. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, that was uh, that was also a rough day, anyways. So I had that push coming. It was right. <laughs> so I related to you on your closing bit too, um, in the sense that I experience. You talk about picture frames and going to get yes. pictures framed, right? Mm. So not only do I have a story to share once I once uh, about getting pictures framed, I have a bit similar, not to that, but I say I used to say, if you ever want to break up a relationship, if I ever want a relationship to end, I'm never going to do it verbally. I'm just going to ask her to help me hang a picture because <laughs> it's never level, no. tools never right, and then a big argument ensues. But tell, walk us through the uh, the framing pictures bit. And how that came to be. Uh, it was the first Christmas my wife and I were together. And she bought me a couple of prints off of Etsy. Uh, I think one of them is right above there. Oh, yeah. It's that Boba Fett one there. There you go. It says, he's no good to be dead. Kind of all with kind of script and everything. And it was just, she got me a Captain America one, too, that was just really neat. But then it's kind of like, all right, these are awesome. And she's like, we should get them framed. I was like, yeah, I'd love to. And I was like, but I think framing is pretty pricey. And she's like, well, I found a deal on Groupon where we get like $150 worth of framing, but it only costs yeah. $75. And yeah. I was like, I'm going to have so much money for leftover frames. This is incredible. Because how can you possibly go through $150 right. worth of frames? What other pictures that- do we have around that we could get framed? We Sweet. Yes, absolutely. We should start buying things that we've wanted to get framed all this time. And especially this is very tiny. It can't cost that much. And right. then going down to the museum quality framing store uh, was a whole different experience. And the first time of really kind of learning that something's going to cost a lot more than you think it was going to and walking into that frame store when there's just nobody nobody ever in a frame store ever i've never seen oh yeah there's never maybe customers usually you see an employee hoping to close up and leave a little bit early but then sometimes you'll get like one that kind of comes up from the back and now you have his undivided attention yeah and he was like okay so we're gonna do some cool frames with these and then we're gonna do you want to do some matting with this as well and i was like i didn't really think about matting i was just thinking about you know frames and so he just keeps putting on more and more matting he's like we could do three different kinds of matting and i was like wow this is this is gonna be bigger this is gonna be like a shadow box kind of thing it's right. gonna be deep into it with all this matting going on 
And then he's like, we have all kinds of frames that we can do with these well. And he had these like recovered timbers that he's like, this one will go nicely with the brown. And then yeah. we can do this metal here. And then he's got all different kinds of glass. He's like, do you want the regular mm. glass? Do you want the museum quality glass? Or the, the regular glass is just the perfect, it looks like it's been keeping back like a Doberman pincher for a week or something or clean with pizza. And then the other one is just a force field of just nothing. And then they're like, oh, that's going to be a little more expensive. And I had asked him, I was like, okay, well, now that we're at this point, how yeah. much more will this glass cost? He's like, oh, yeah, that'll be. So this one with this museum quality glass would be like 430. And then without the glass would be 380. Right. And my, my, I literally thought I was like 50 cents. That's not a big deal. Yeah. Know. And that's when it dawned on me that it was $400. That he yeah, was, it's ridiculous. I don't, it's, Man, talk about a different set of skills I wish I'd gone into, aside from stand-up. I wish I'd learned how to be a framer. Maybe that's, that's why they have one customer per month that buys something. <laughs> <laughs> I got, I found this really cheap canvas online of Yan- an, a helicopter view of Yankee Stadium, right? And it's, it comes rolled up, obviously, uh-huh. like I stole the Declaration of Independence. <laughs> so I'm like, I got to get this framed. And I'm like, I'm just going to go to this store called Michael's. I don't know if you have those around there. Oh, yeah. Store- yeah, it's like a craft store and mm-hmm. um, and they have a framing. It looks like a separate business in the back. And I go, I paid 70 bucks for this, the, the, the print. I wonder, probably another 70 for a frame, I'm guessing. I can sure I can buy one at Walmart that's just kind of pressed together. Like that's a these are Walmart frame right there. Yeah, yeah. Like, so I go in and he's doing the same thing. He's like, what kind of frame you you know? I said black. <laughs> <laughs> he's like and then he did the framing the museum glass and the so you want scratch resistant coverage i'm like i don't even know what cover <laughs> i'm not my girlfriend it. she had the coupon the same thing it was like we got uh-huh. 75 dollars off and i'm like i don't what if i wonder what else can we bring to get framed she's like i don't have anything i'm like i gotta <laughs> and it was like the, the quote was like 387 or something like that i'm like <laughs> So now you ha- I have to stand there like an idiot because I'm the only <laughs> one in that area, pretty much the only one in the store. Uh-huh. And I have to pretend I'm kind of contemplating with her like, hmm, that would uh, be interesting. Uh, a $500 see. picture hmm. total. Six times as much as I thought it was going to be. That's yeah. hmm. What do you have in the plexiglass <laughs> <laughs> section? I said, you know, we're just going to think about it. You know, maybe, you know, we're just going to give it some time. You're the first framing shop we've stopped at. So <laughs> we have several others. <laughs> it's ridiculous. It is ridiculous. Uh, I, 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 I remember my brother um, as, a ki- as a kid, he got me a movie poster when I was young. And my mom was very insistent that anytime we, if we were going to have a poster up on the wall, it had to be framed. That we couldn't just put things up with push pins or anything. So um, I was like, okay, I really want to get this poster framed. And sure enough, I think my mom was the first one I was exposed to, or the first one who was like, okay, I really hope you like Xavier McDaniel for the Seattle Supersonics and this Costco's Brothers poster of him holding a, a Doberman pincher because uh, right. it's cost $194 now. <laughs> it, <laughs> is, it is entombed for life. <laughs> so when you go, you have this, you have two set, well, you have, more material than the two specials but you now mm-hmm. have indoctrinated these two sets the 40 minute 20 minute roughly 25 mm-hmm. you know um when you go out and perform you, you kind of do a mix of and throw in some new stuff or i you know i really try i try to do the thing of after the first one really just kind of putting a nail in that and kind of putting yeah. it away and with the idea that i really want to kind of 
try and get as sharp as possible for a second one, especially you can with the limited amount of stage time that I was going to have. Uh, I think for, I mean, I, I have stuff that I would want to do for a third one that I, I the dry bar said that they would be interested in at some point, yeah. but it's also that feeling of like, I don't want to go back up with something that's just not really polished, finished versions of yeah. stuff. And you don't also, want the kind of that, the third, you know, the first special than the second one, because I didn't watch the first one, but I'm sure it's the second one's just as good or better, but you don't want that steady decline of like not ready no. material, you know? No, no, no. Yeah. That's the, that honestly, I won't, it, it just wouldn't feel as, it wouldn't feel worth it. And I, I mean, there's stuff that I, I want to do that. I also want to feel like, okay. I feel like once you get past doing one or two, it feels like every one that you should do afterwards should have a little bit more direction to it. Yeah. Or should have a little bit more of a message or kind of a point of view as opposed to just sort of the first one. I think for I think a lot of comedians kind of first album or first special is kind of just gathering up a bunch of their favorite bits and kind yep. of doing sort of a little bit of a cornucopia of like this is some of my best stuff here. Yeah. And then kind of later on kind of finding ways to kind of as you keep peeling back being like okay this is beyond just an, an older bit that i thought had promise or that there was something i could kind of pull out of it but then you know now it's six years later since my first one and a lot of life has happened since then yeah. and it just Do you have a writing process to... like a a set process or like you know for me i just kind of think of an idea jot it in my notes on paper or my phone and then i visit it later i don't have a dedicated like time where i check in and write i wish i was yeah i wish i could say that i was disciplined about it but mine is is very similar to yours it is it is something good that strikes me in another moment uh and then probably a lot of working it into conversation and trying to figure out for sure it's like a little bit of like to it and then finding some time to sit down and write i don't know do you write by hand or do you write with a computer by hand for sure i'm not a computer (laughs) it's it to me it doesn't stick no 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 it doesn't um the only time that i find that it really works well for utilizing a, a computer is if i'm trying to build a set and i'm trying to do a lot of finding a lot of really good segues and kind of a good through line good thought line through it finding ways where i can i'll type out like the first five words of a sentence and then just kind of move on to the next thing five words of a sentence, right. five words of a sentence. so i'm kind of just like doing kind of little crib notes of the bit kind of along the way just kind of like constantly sort of like pushing along a little bit yeah yeah and i have and i a lot of times i i, I hate i get mad at myself because i'll be talking to somebody make them laugh and then i'll say to myself i gotta remember that <laughs> because it just it wasn't something i planned and then mm-hmm. i forget it and i'm like hey remember yesterday when we were talking what were we talking about and what did i said they're like i don't know and i'm like ah. <laughs> you don't want to miss out on a chance for a new a new joke no, absolutely. I remember having that feeling. I was like, if I had a choice between either finding $20 in the street or thinking up a new joke, I would rather have the new joke. And I felt like at that moment yeah. when I thought about that, I was like, oh, that means comedy is worth something to me. Yeah. And then it's just that feeling of like, there's there's so much inherent value in, in something that you wrote that has something that kind of carries a little bit. The One of the coolest things for me since my special came out has just been people at some point reaching out to me saying that you know they liked it or they found in particular some part of it quotable that they now like incorporate with around the house or with in their relationship and because that's so much of what my wife and i do that honestly that's the biggest thing to me is if somebody found some way to kind of reincorporate a joke later on 
And she's a big fan of your comedy. I assume she's very supportive. Yeah, she's um she's she's very funny. Uh, a lot of people have said after meeting the two of us, they're like, "Oh, I get it. He's the comedian, and she's the funny one." Kind right, of feeling where That's it's funny. Yeah, she's got like a really kind of good sense of humor. She's got a good sense for kind of a little bit of a weird humor. Uh, yeah. And when my mother-in-law had asked me early on when we were dating, she's like, "So why my daughter? Why do you want to? Why'd you pick her?" I was like, "Because she makes me laugh earlier in the day than anyone ever been." With. Yeah. So it's it's that early morning laugh kind of thing that just kind of keeps it going. It's humor is definitely a, a huge point of focus for our lives for getting through a lot of stuff. Yeah, I think it, it's and a lot of times we're introverts too, right? So we're soaking it in, and the other person in the relationship's the funny one or or the the humorous one. Oh yeah, and we're we can both be just an absolute couple of hermits. Uh, so as the whole yeah, pandemic thing was, yeah, the whole as the, the pandemic was kind of unfolding, it was kind of like yeah. Some people were like, oh, it sucks. You have to you can't go outside. I'm like, hey, yeah, yeah. That's a shame. We we've yeah. been preparing this for the past four years. So has anybody ever told you you have a uh, voiceover or voice? Or a TV voice or a radio voice? Uh, yes, I have. I I, I did. And when I was sitting by the car, I was working at uh, Cairo Radio. And oh, okay. So I was doing I was doing radio for about a year and a half and uh, produced some, some shows there. Kind of got to be around the world of talk radio quite a bit. And yep. just kind of got a little tired of, of being around the news so much. But yeah. Uh, but I did set up a little voice recording studio in my apartment, just kind of like in the in the closet. And yeah, I, I I really love just being able to play with the microphone. So um, yeah, well, thank you very much. I appreciate that. Yeah, any chance to be creative, right? Whether it's, I've done some voiceover work, acting, comedy, writing, you know, all sorts of stuff. It's whatever gets those juices flowing in your head, you know? Yeah, yeah. You've got a lot of tools in your bag, so you might as well use them all. Yeah, yeah. So look, your first special, Should Have Tried Harder. Mm-hmm. Try too hard as a second special. Yes. Any uh, anything you want to promote? Your social media is just your name, right? Drew yeah, Barth. just at Drew Barth, uh, and then my website just drewbarth.com, and then I think the next uh, the next gig I'll be doing will be kind of uh, down south from Seattle, down in Kent, sometime next month. Very cool. From the West yeah. Coast, the Seattle Mariners land, sworn Man. enemies. Are you, are you a sports guy or no? Yes, I am. Yes, yeah. I'm a big Seahawks fan, a big Mariners fan. Uh, it's been really fun to watch the Kraken as the playoffs have been turning yeah. along. There's just a lot of, there are a lot of good sports stories kind of coming out of Seattle right now. And a lot of good young players as well, yeah. kind of especially after, I think some people thought that after Russell Wilson left Seattle, that it was going to be kind of a little bit of a, a valley yeah. for kind of possible C- Seattle sports success. But I don't know that I would have paid Geno Smith that much money but you know here's the other thing the dude uh even though he's a bit older when you ride the bench for a while you don't have as many miles on you so i think that he's kind of got a little bit of a little bit more wisdom in kind of a somewhat younger body so uh, okay and he seems to have the whole team behind him so uh the buy-in is is pretty huge and then with the draft coming up tonight two picks in the top 20 that just never happens for the Seahawks. Yeah, there's some speculation they'll trade down, but maybe not. They might go for defensive linemen or mm-hmm. Pete Carroll's a defensive kind of minded coach. And he can he can really reach anyone. I truly do believe that yeah. 
especially as they were talking about like who's gonna leave is it gonna be Pete Carroll or is it gonna be Russell Wilson and a lot of people saying like you know just the whole building and the whole vibe doesn't exist without Pete Carroll he's changed the entire culture and he chews gum like it's his last piece exactly and he wears khakis and his his big white Nikes I mean he's just he's a dad that you all love and yeah he's just nobody calls him coach they just call him Pete yeah and you got Julio Rodriguez and Jared Kellenek and some Mariners so uh Kalanick was up and down. Now he's back. Yeah, he was one of those guys that's just like a giant bundle of talent that you're like, if he ever puts it all together, it could be scary. And so there have been a couple of glimpses of that. And I sold one of his autographed cards not too long ago. So I don't know if I'll regret that down the road. (laughs) Uh, Are you a big collector? Yeah, yeah, sports cards. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, Uh, graded, you know, graded sports cards. I buy them, collect them, flip them. mm Mm-hmm. And my son's into it now too, so it's kind of something we can do together. It's pretty cool. Sweet. Do you do uh, do you do like live breaks on YouTube I, and stuff like that? Yeah, I have on Facebook only. I kind of stick with the guys I know and trust. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a Facebook group called Baseball Card Colle- Collection Collector or something like that that I'm a mm-hmm. part of, and then there's three or four guys in there that I trust on a break. Um, so I do those sometimes, but uh, let me try to buy boxes, but they're kind of hard to find boxes unless yeah, you, yeah expensive too what about you you collect it all my brother and i did uh when we were kids and then uh over the pandemic my brother started as kind of a kind of a hobby while he was spending a lot of time at home he started buying uh car kind of like vintage, like 80 mid 80s football uh like yeah. larger sets and then having cars sent off and graded um yeah. So that's that's really his jam is kind of like the the older stuff. I've really enjoyed. I've fallen down many YouTube hole and just watching you know huge case breaks and some of the for sure. super limited panini stuff being broken. Yeah, it's and there's a lot of people broke. get busted for scamming folks too on those too. Yeah, is that? Yeah. I, I feel like I also heard like there was some of the possibility that like some of the product was being leaked to some of the big breakers to kind of give them better odds and stuff. Oh wow! So, yeah, I've heard. I watched one where they, I watched one and this one around, but pretty viral where uh, they pulled a, um, was, I think it was, I forget the actual brand, but it was like a gold one of one autographed Trevor Lawrence rookie. Mm. And it was worth like, tw- the, it, maybe it was one of five because uh-huh. another one sold for $25,000 and they uh-huh. ended up not giving it to the person who paid to have the Jaguars. Like they, oh, they said, really? They said, no, you didn't pick them. And, and they kept the card and there was a big controversy oh. and i think the guy eventually got the card but they were calling these scammers out so kind of nice. try to stick with people i trust if i do a break you know yeah yeah it, it is fun i i realize that there's just that endorphin hit that you get from watching people open cards that's just unlike anything else yeah get to be a boy again get to be yes. a young boy a young lad mm-hmm. your brother doing the mid-80s football is like looking for jerry rice rookie elway yeah, he actually Jim bought Kelly. a um, yeah he bought some packs of '86 tops football that oh yeah he, I always had a reputation of being a lucky one. Anytime I open packs, there would be shop owners who'd rub my head when I walked in the <laughs> shop, and so he gave me one of the packs. He's like, "Okay, Drew, you pick which one you want to open." And sure enough, I pulled a Rice rookie. Out of nice, um, decently centered, but yeah, it was just a. He was like, "Yep, right. I knew you were gonna do it." Cool. All right, man. DrewBarth.com. Check out both of his specials. Drew, if you don't mind um, hanging out here for a second, I'll give you some details when we stop recording. But uh, you've been listening to Behind the Bar. I I wish I had your voice. You've been listening to Behind the Bar. You've been listening to Behind the Bar.
<laughs> All right.